and genders and everything out there uh welcome to the do you believe podcast you got your host that is moi max and uh we got lee here i believe hey that's me howdy doody that's me i'm so today folks uh we're gonna be uh, just kind of like talking off i guess the cuff here if that's the right way to say it. we're just doing a short episode here today but uh not really too scripted uh just kind of i think we're uh want to talk a little bit about censorship i know we discussed uh this stuff in the past more along like a propaganda model that's suggested by the book uh manufacturing consent but i think um we just want to i don't know shoot the shit a little bit about what's going on because i'm sure everyone's aware there is some activity going on as far as like censorship goes whether you're for it or against it i don't i don't really care but it's it's there it's there for sure um <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, before people start <laughs> start yelling, you know, uh, fascist and everything and whatever else could come with admitting their censorship, um, you know, I think it's appropriate to just acknowledge that it is out there. I mean, you know, again, whether it's whether you agree with it or not, and to what extent you agree with it or not, it's it's happening right now. It's not like a conspiracy thing or anything. I think it's pretty obvious as far as um, just censorship that's going on pretty blatantly again whether you're for it or against it doesn't really matter it, it is a thing and it's here so i think it's important to discuss how we should what we would like to see going forward so uh i don't know to kick it off um lee i don't know if you want to interject here maybe it's like uh you know the question censorship or no i mean like i said it is going on right now um Let's maybe we should actually sorry before we get into that maybe we should jump in and just kind of explain what's going on. So I think the you know biggest headline news right now as far as censorship is concerned is uh, you know as everyone knows like uh, you know President Trump's like Twitter got I guess I think he got banned from like Twitter and yeah. was it also like Facebook like oh was he even on he? Facebook I don't know I'm All not I know sure, is the Twitter his, thing, but yeah. His, yeah, that's the biggest thing is his Twitter account got, I think, just straight up, like, deleted, basically. So he can't, you know, we can't listen to anything, he, you know, he has to say from there, which was his main sort of, like, podium, if you will, <laughs> as sad as that is. Um, that's kind of where he did most of his talking. Now, obviously, there, you know, he's got all those just, like, insane tweets where he's just like calling out people certain different celebrities and stuff i mean that's wildly inappropriate um should that be censored i mean i, I don't really think so I, I mean it is very unprofessional but if he's going to show his colors like that you know calling out celebrities as the president's a little weird but um you know those are more of like the i think those tweets can be a little bit more like dismissed you know what really like sparked the outrage and caused the you know broke the camel's back was the fact that uh, you know, he's tweeting out incitements of uh, insurrection is kind of what's like being uh, talked about. And, um, you know, so then then. Well, OK, then you might think, OK, well, 
you know, it was just his Twitter account. He could go to another social media platform. And, and this is the part that really scares me right now is, uh, you know, the news that just, I think, landed today is that Parler, which, I'm, you know, if anyone's heard of it, it's I don't really know what it is, honestly, but it's like a alternative social media platform. I don't know what it looks like as far as like user interface goes. I don't really know much about it, but to my understanding, it's just like another application where people can go and talk and comment blurbs as they choose. And the whole shtick with this one was that it was apparently like more for freedom of speech. They didn't have regulations. Um, and so like the scary part about this is now, uh, you know, there's like the term, well, okay, you know, if you don't like Facebook, then why don't you just use an alternative? Well, now that is, uh, seemingly impossible because, uh, parlor was actually like banned from Apple's store. As far as I know, I, th- I I don't know if Google also banned them, but you know people tend to forget. Well, okay, there's distributors of these applications. It's not like you can just go to another application or build one up on your own. You're still gonna need the blessing of these distributors to distribute your application. And as far as Apple goes, as we've seen with, I think it was Riot Gaming. We all know that, um, you know if you're barred from their platform from selling on Apple's store, then there is no other alternative for iPhone users. They, they don't have another open source store that they can sell their product on. Um, Apple has a sort of monopoly within their environment, as weird as that sounds. Um, but, you know, they are the gatekeeper, the one and only. Whereas with, with Google, I don't I don't really understand it completely, but Google's store is a little more like open source or, you know, you can. it's kind of like anyone can put their application out there as far as I know, but I think they obviously have some control over it. But it's more open than Apple is. Like, Apple has to say, yes, you can be on our Apple Store. There's no Google Home Store, though, on Apple. It's just Apple Store. Google, there's alternatives, but um, I digress. The point is, Parler um, is not being allowed to be disseminated as an application on these, uh, you know, phones and tablets and whatnot so you know that whole term of like oh well if you don't like facebook just use a different app i kind of can't anymore they got a stranglehold on it um and i think that's really what what should be being talked about i think that's really dangerous because now they can do that with any it sets a precedent going forward you know they can do that to any application that they see fit or unfit um you know lee i don't know if you have anything to add but i think that's kind of the to me, that is a very eye-opening action. Like, okay, that just that sequence of events. Like, okay, you're banned from this account. Well, then I'll just go use the other one in the competitive market. Well, actually, we don't allow that one on the market. Like, that is very maniacal to me, and I, that's overreaching in a lot of different ways. Yeah, and there's an even scarier part, too, is that... Um, so, I think some of the other alternate... Um, social media things kind of like twitter you can go to like their website and download it like old school fashion but apparently parlor was hosting you have to have like a, a server host your website unless you're like mm-hmm. i don't think you could have your own unless you were like super rich but most you pay somebody to host your your website for you and i guess who the parlor was using was in some way or another owned by amazon and they shut it off so now they don't have a website either. Oh, because they have like the Amazon where data warehouse ADW may have been part of that. They you can rent out server space. I think like monthly, depending on your subscription. But yeah, okay, I was not aware of that. That's pretty in- intense. So there's there's now there's no way. Currently, there is no way to get it. See, that is insanity to me. And honestly, 
Yeah, uh, I don't like that. I, I think that's no matter what aisle you stand on, side of the aisle you stand on. I think that I think that should be concerning to everyone. But here's the thing, and what I'm hearing more and more reportedly is that people. It's not even so much this point. I don't think it's so much convincing people that that activity of censorship is going on. I think everyone is pretty much well aware of it. Now I think what we're seeing is that there's two. There's a division. Some people are all for it and want it, and other people are like totally against it. Um, and it doesn't seem to be very like there's not really a, a happy medium. It's like, do you want more censorship or not? And then the you know, the people that call for more censorship, there's not really a definition of how far we should go yet. And that's why I think we, should, we need to tread lightly because it's like, you know, if you're for it, like, okay, by all means, you're for it. But I don't think we should be moving this rapidly to just start censoring without discussion and debate and like a real meaningful sit down conversation. Yeah, I feel like... With the censorship thing, they're pulling an interesting trick here. So, if we let's take like this Trump situation for example, um, if somebody was inciting violence on social media, like calling for violent action, I think we can all agree that that would be that's probably something that censorship. I, I, there could definitely be an argument made that that should be censored, right? Mm-hmm. But the trick they're playing is they're we've got these generic categories that we agree these should not these should be censored. Calling to violence is one of the things. And then you take what somebody says and you throw it in that category. And there's no de- that's where the debate needs to happen. Right. So like, like, was this as, is it dangerous or not? You're saying, so you're saying it's like the, the people that are kind of like the arbiters of truth. That's who we need to go kind of like question in a way. So they've labeled it as, and, and it's really good that they, this, it's crazy. Like they, they censor his tweets and then they come out and say he has been banned because he was posting things that was inciting violence. And a vast majority of the people that hear that say, like, oh, well, yeah, you can't do that. He should be banned. But they don't even know what he said. That, and that's then the, the thing. And there's like a narrative that can be painted about what he said without actually seeing what he said. Right. So it's and, real, and then it's real like, shady shit going on. Yeah, I could see that. And to your point of like, okay, debating if something should be censored, I think that's where – sorry, did I, cut, did, did I cut you off or were no. you – well, what was it? So, okay, so it's like there definitely is a conversation to be had whether we need to censor and to what extent. Because, um, you know, to your point, it's 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 kind of leaning on this extreme sort of blanket ban. Like, oh, okay, well, if this person is known for saying some crazy thing, then just ban him. And um, I, I don't think that's really the right way to go about it because then it, it looks the optics of it look bad and kind of push the group that was listening to that certain person it pushes them farther and farther into a fringe and in doing so they're also validating what everyone else who agrees with that stuff like it's just validating them more and more and it just i think it's a very divisive tactic but the point is is you know there, there just needs to be conversation of what extent because you know i was reading an article while, while we were researching this a little bit and um 
because you know there's definitely a concern for censorship uh, as far as like as people wanting it you know i think a lot of people who want it it's it's in good faith that whoever's doing the censoring will will be uh, objective but i don't think that's what's going on and and you know you can see where a lot of this sentiment towards censorship spurs um for instance this article i was reading from Columbia Journalism Review. Uh, it says in some countries, fake news on Facebook is a matter of life and death. So they're citing the incident that happened in 2016 in Myanmar. I, I don't know much about it, admittedly, but I guess there was a radical group out there that um, there were certain people who were who were propagating against them, saying that they were basically terrorists. It always comes down to terrorism. So they were saying that this certain group were terrorists. And eventually, you know, the, I, from what I understand, fact check me because I did a brief reading of this, but from what I understand, those people were identified and sort of within the country were kind of censored um, by the state because they were inciting violence. Well, then Facebook landed there. Not, you know, it was pretty. It was still like a new experiment in Myanmar at the time. And they and what this article was sort of saying was that people there, residents there, weren't used to that rapid of like information flow, and they didn't understand like the the magnitude of fake news that's out there in just out there on the internet. So essentially, people started using those people that kind of got banned from the town, like actual town halls in uh, Myanmar. They started using Facebook groups to organize, um, and, like gr- like they organized. Uh, you know, meetups and whatnot. And it incited a lot of violence and led to, I think, a lot of deaths and people being driven out of their homes. So the point is, um, Facebook was getting ridiculed for not doing anything at that time. And they were, and people were saying, you know, this is basically Facebook's doing without their, uh, network and ability to communicate through their application. None of this death would have happened. And so I I don't know if I think, you know, maybe it started good-hearted as like, okay, well, we need to start doing something about this because if it's inciting violence, we don't want that. But it's turned into something, at least in the states, where it's very political now. So the the concern is there. Yeah, we we need to monitor who's using these platforms and how. But like, you know, to to, to right away just say, I don't know. I mean, it's complicated because I mean, again, going back to Trump, it's like he does have a track record of saying some pretty crazy stuff. So it's like. I guess he could kind of be put into like a high threat category, but to say that it's like gonna, I I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. And I don't really know. I I don't have too much of an answer other than about an article that I read, but you know, I don't know if if you have something to add in right now, go for it. Cause otherwise the next things I'm going to say are pretty long winded as usual. Like Trump saying pretty crazy things. That's not harmful. Like I don't, I don't buy that excuse, like for banning somebody. And even something, even something like, you know, Alex Jones saying um, uh, it was like the Sandy Hook interview people were crisis actors. I don't think that should be banned either. Like that's his opinion; he can have it, right? Unless you know he directly says something along the lines of these people are crisis actors and they need to be killed. You know, something like okay. No, so you can't. You cannot yeah. do that. But that—that's the thing. But that's even it, it open should to be, interpretation. It, it is. Mm, if you say you're like going to kill somebody, <laughs> but, uh, even, but, but then okay. But taking like Trump's tweets, for instance, the ones that got that kind of were the uh, straw that broke the camel's back. He was. I mean, I read them, and at first, I was like, I don't 
really see how this is inciting like but then they spin it and they convince you that it is but i don't know man because when you go back because i had to read them a couple times i don't remember verbatim what they say but his the way he's tweeted in them was kind of like double speak it was like we need to go out there and march but also just be safe and actually don't do that it's like uh, you're kind of saying wait 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 wait, wait. i'm not getting so i don't get any mixed signals on that marching and protesting is not violent I understand that. So, so there you go. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, you're, so you're saying. So you're saying the responsibility of the the people that that inc- that actually did incite the violence that shouldn't rest on his shoulders. Sort right. Of. And that this is something that drives me insane about this country. There's no personal responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. So Trump says, "Hey, well, you should go out and march and protest because he thinks like the election was stolen from." Okay, that's fine. If people decide to do bad things at that event, that is those people's fault. Like, I, I don't like this blame game thing. And I like I know a lot of people do like it. It seems to be the norm now. It's like, well, his tweets could go to somebody who's kind of crazy and they might do something crazy. So you got to be aware of your audience. It's like, no, you, mm-hmm. can't, you can't do that. Or you're going to end up in the situation that we're heading towards. I mean, if that's what you want, fine. But. Well, so that's the thing. I think a lot of people do want it, and that's that's where I think it's starting to get really weird. Um, so, okay, we're we're talking about all these grim things, kind of the problems with it, and and again, I, I can kind of see where the tech firms are coming from in the sense of, you know, if there really is a bunch of people getting murdered due to ease of access to communication through their applications, then yeah, they should be definitely concerned and try to lock down on that. But like it again, to me, it looks very political and they're, they're not even really they don't care about the lives. They're just more like, well, who's going to give us more money sort of thing? Who's going to back us more? OK, then we'll go with their initiative. Right. And so this kind of ties back to the whole um, discussion we had over uh, manufacturing consent. Um, a, a key part in manufacturing consent, which is, you know, which is a sort of, you know, it's a propaganda model uh kind of explains it a big 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 part of that is advertising money because you know networks and people and anything on that on a platform they're not going to they're not going to survive very long if they don't have advertising money well how do you decide who the advertising money goes to that's where it gets dicey it's like to whoever um is kind of like good in the public eye so whoever's not really saying too bad of stuff who's not too edgy and it's they want a watered version down of everything so that it's kind of like viewer friendly right that's that's good and all because you don't want you know all this rise out of the population is kind of uprise based off what the news is saying which i mean we're seeing it happen right now even though they're trying to censor it anyways you know these advertisers um basically get to choose who's got airtime and who doesn't well now a lot of that advertisement is done on facebook and google so like you can kind of read between the lines whatever they want to see out there they're gonna build the algorithm to to kind of push that and and you know that was the initial i think scare was people were saying oh well our out al- we're not meeting the algorithm so we're losing viewership well now it's like well we're not even getting viewership because they're closing us down so what I'm trying to say with all this advertisement stuff is, you know, there was one solution that I read about in the economist and it's basically saying, okay, look, whoever is controlling the narrative at this point in time is the one who's, who's doing the censoring. So 
whoever is controlling the narrative, it's pretty obvious it's Google, Facebook, all of them. Well, all of these platforms are very data driven. So their solution to this whole matter is, okay, well, we should, and I've been, I've been saying, not as in depth as they were talking, but I've been saying this for a while is like, we need the, the people to have the power of the data. So like, Without us, Facebook would not exist. They wouldn't have all this information on us. So uh, re realistically, we're basically allowing them to t turn a profit just because we're on their platform and they can gather all this information, sell it to advertisers, sell it to whoever, push whatever content they want based off of what they see people like, right? So that being said, they just have free access to, what, to our clicks because we're signing up for their terms and agreements. So what this article suggested is that if you give people the power and make them their own gatekeeper for their own data, then that will kind of, they're, 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 they're suggesting that that will sort of get rid of all these fringe ideas in the first place. Because again, whichever side you stand on, there's all this fake news on both sides. And that's really the stuff that gets people riled up and, and wanting to go take action. So what they're saying is like, well, those messages that are, that are like giving, that are informing the people of those ideas, they would be, the fake ones would be mitigated if people were allowed to control their data, because then they could decide which campaign or what group or what articles they want their data to go towards and support. Does that kind of make sense? And that'll sort of like delineate where the advertisement money should be going in the first place, because it's like the people saying, well, like, for instance, you know, you'll get some people that'll be like, well, I like Alex Jones, so I'll give my data over to his group. But then there's going to be other people that say, like, I don't like that. Um, I don't like him. I'm not going to give him my money. So you'll be able to see naturally which markets are growing based off what people are comfortable being associated with. Does that make sense? Or did that, so, make, yeah, that didn't make any yes. sense? So what happens when Alex Jones gets a ton and the government doesn't like that? Uh, I mean, that's a good point, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think the, the point is it'll kind of iron out like who like it'll be sort of that voice of like what should be censored and what shouldn't. What, whatever the next steps are of the government taking action, I'm not I don't know. But like what I'm trying to say is like rather than a company coming out and saying we're censoring this because we don't like the message on our platform, it should be like people saying, well, we agree with this message. We're giving him our data so he can get this information. Um, and therefore, like we think that he what he's talking about is right. And and like we want to be associated with see like the advertisement money only funnels to where those giant companies feel comfortable being associated with. So. No advertisement is going to come from Facebook to Alex Jones, but really it should be like people saying, well, we do like his message or we don't like his message and see his bucket of money fill or, or dwindle based on what like people want rather than just like these, these top down views of like, uh, people should see this or they shouldn't be able to see this. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah. I mean, the, the only problem that I, I don't have an answer to your question, honestly, but the only, cause I mean, I, I feel like they just do the same thing that they're doing now in a way, but maybe there'd be a little bit more rights against it, um, than being able to take such rapid action. But the one problem that I could see with that is like, you know, you, you hear this idea of echo chambers, which happen all the time now, and it's going to happen more and more as like things like parlor aren't allowed because you're just going to keep getting more and more biased anyways. The one thing that I could see happening with like people disseminating their data as they feel fit is that um, you might get people with like a ton of data and information, or uh, you just might have like a bubble of one idea ideology, and all the money's going towards there from the people, and that way it it might cause the same exact problem of just very polarized groups, and 
loud voices on one topic, if that makes sense. But uh, that was kind of long-winded. Not sure if it made sense, but that's really the only solution I've seen out there is like give the, the data and, and where the data flows to the people rather than allowing the corporation to have easy access. And then in, in, in turn also, those uh, like Facebook would have to pay the people for their data. So they'd have to subscribe to those people's data. So like we'd be able to make money off the platform too. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a good model. I like that model. I've been saying like we should be able to sell our data to Facebook like for years and everyone I've talked to is like, well, yeah, like that's going to happen. I'm like, I wish it would. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if we could ever do that. I think there'd be a lot of pushback from those companies, but it'd be interesting. I mean, uh, I'd be on board to try it. So Yeah. That's about all I've got to say. Censorship, I don't know what extent we should, if at all. Um, I lean more towards the laissez-faire, like don't don't touch censorship at the end of the day, dude. Like unless you cut my tongue out, that's the only thing that I've got that I can manufacture by myself is my voice, you know? Yes, I don't know where we really go from here. And I don't know how to get through to like the people that are like in favor of this except by saying like in reality it's only a matter of time before they come for you i know it sounds silly and kind of cliche but like that's what it is so you know trump's off twitter it's a wonderful place to be right nope there's somebody else that they have to go after next and everybody's okay with it now because they're not on the side that you're on so you're well, cheering I mean, the cheering thing is, for if you it. go after if you've successfully nixed the president, then, I mean, everyone else is below that. It sets a very high bar. <laughs> it's not going to be done. It's not going to be censor. done, though. It'd be interesting if you said, yeah, we got rid of Trump, and therefore Twitter's the best place now, and everyone's all happy. Like, I, I don't see that. You don't think he'll say, like, permanently banned is what you're no, saying? No, I think what? he is. I'm just saying Twitter is... They're not done banning, is what I'm saying. No, I know, and what I'm saying is that like they, the the initial ban that was successful in headlines was the president of the United States. So what I'm trying to say is like oh, they yeah, set you, the bar very yeah. high as far as who they can ban. I mean, really, no one is as as far as status goes really below. Well, I mean, it's it's debatable, but on paper, the president's pretty much the highest status you can get to. So if they were able to successfully ban him, it's like well. Now they can do anybody, you know? Yeah. So that, and that excites a certain group of people that are, uh, that are pro censorship, essentially. They're like, yeah, we did it. So we can get rid of everybody that thinks the wrong way. What if they decide to change their thoughts and then they get banned? And they will. And that's what will yeah. happen next. It'll be now what? <laughs> Let's say they eliminate all like right wing type opinions, all gone off Twitter, it's all left. Then. They'll go for the next thing. They'll just like, well, you're not left enough, right? It's just, it's going to be nuts. And you have to, people have to realize it. And that's the only way. If they realize that, then maybe we can save this. If not, I mean, I guess, like, all the sane people abandon ship. <laughs> but I mean, then, but the only, so the, the, the thing is, and this is where I think the conversation should have started, and I think it was just totally bypassed, going back to, like, to what extent. I think there is grounds for 
and I can't believe. Actually, I don't even think I. I don't even think I believe this. But like, what I'm saying is like, there. I can. I can justify some extent of censorship because, let's say, like, let's take the Myanmar example for instance. Like, there was a ton of people watching that. They just consumed it as fact, but it was like clearly fake. Um, if you confuse people and and turn falsehoods into truth because there's no censorship, that's just as dangerous. But I think that conversation, like we said earlier, it hasn't really even been put on the table. Like, well, what should be allowed and what shouldn't? It's just like, the I don't know. It, it seemed very mediated towards one side. Um, and this is know. resolved again, like in my opinion, just having an educated populace. It's a what? I'm sorry. Can you ha- say having an educated populace solves this problem to some extent because when but yeah but i mean that it kind of is a circular argument okay well where how much do you censorship how much do you censor the education that they're consuming you know well i'm just saying not in a not not in a knowledge sense but more in a logic and reasoning sense ah i see okay to be able to discern this is clearly fake because of x y and z or this is true because i saw it myself or i know a handful of people that can confirm this or this is a trusted source something like that then you don't have to worry about it if people start posting like completely off the wall stuff nobody's gonna pay attention to it but but that kind of goes back to the whole yeah Sorry, go ahead. But then the worry, like now we can't do that because there <laughs> we've seen this with everything. People are don't use logic or reason at all anymore and they just they believe what they're told as long as it's the people that they trust and that's it. So go, so going okay, so going back to to my kind of <laughs> small solution to all this of like data ownership being in the hands of whoever's actually generating that data um if that were to be the case that they would choose where you know the advertisement money goes to based on their you know what they feel comfortable putting their data towards um that would kind of solve that problem i think because it would hold everybody accountable for what they're kind of making popular and and uh it would just like i said before be kind of like an invisible hand on that on like in the information market like what people are okay with being associated with and like if they're going to be putting their data and associate themselves with um you know group xyz then like they're probably going to do their research to make sure that they're not backing a terrorist organization or something so i think it would kind of cause people to have to look at things more logically and read up and research for themselves Who's going to do that, though? That's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> it, it almost seems like you and I would do that. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, especially, now, like, especially now that the precedence has been set that, like, that's not a thing, it'd be probably hard to train people, like, to start doing that. Yeah. You know? Um, but I don't know. What other solutions, if any, can you think of? I mean, that's ba- that's the best thing I've heard is, like, let people choose what's popular rather than... I mean, it's like a watered down version of what I was trying to say, but it's like it's more or less comes down to like what are people comfortable with advertising as truth or not. Right now, there's no voice to say whether they it's just reactionary. It's like we're told that this is false, or that it's an absurd claim. And then people just it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then it becomes that because everyone's convinced that that's the way it is. And then it becomes truth. You know what I mean? So but, so in this model with the data and stuff, we're going to see more, I guess, more ad revenue going towards 
popular things, right? And then the, the more the less popular things are probably fringe and should exactly. be exactly yeah. That's the notion. That's the notion because so, if people understand where their their advertisement shit's going towards, then they'll you know they'll either pull back and be like, oh, that's too radical. I don't agree with that, or they'll be like, no, that's that sounds right. Like I'll stay associated with that. So uh, I guess what rule says that if the most people think that it's true, that it is true? Like, um, what, what, what would guide? No, I how, I, how would I you know? I understand what you're saying. Well, I mean, today, how do you know? You know, it's you, you know because the big networks tell you that it's so. So I, I don't really see any difference other than in, instead of it being a top-down opinion, it's like a popular opinion at its truest form. So then, I mean, at that point, it's like whether it's true or not, if most people are on board, then, like, who cares, I guess? But, like, well, uh... I mean, the, the, the thing that I don't... Uh, that's that's bad, actually. That's awful. Yeah, that's how World War II started, I guess. So that's um, what I'm saying. Like, I, I think it's a slight improvement, but I still think it's it's subject to the same issues it'll, it'll eventually mm -hmm. it, maybe it'll be slightly better but so versus like now it's top down it's saying that these top agencies know what's true and here you go believe us and then the other way around says most of the people think this is true therefore it's true both are mm, I see. wrong okay. I, I think there's a better chance that you would have a better outcome with the bottom up approach but i still think it would be especially again with people not really caring to do research and investigating things things can snowball in that environment so it's like oh i watched this uh thing and that's where i send my dad and i'm like oh okay i'll watch it but, too. But oh that's it could, not bad it, and then it just the snowballs same, i get where you're coming from but i don't i just don't think it's avoidable because of the same stroke like or the same token there's uh you know these i mean you see these heated opinions form and, and actually grow into something physical, i.e. like the protests that have been happening these last years, like you see that already basically happening, like people standing firm on one idea. Um, I just think it's more divisive than it would be otherwise because it's so top down. It's like the same idea is being grilled into people's head every day on the same networks. And it's like talked about how detrimental it is to our society. And then people start absorbing that. And it's like, it's wep it becomes weaponized and and so i guess what i'm trying to say is like i just i just don't like that it's being it seems like to be c controlled by just these very few people and like their opinion is now all the automatically our opinion and there's still no research backing half of the people more than half of the population's opinion to your point earlier like who's going to do the research well they're already not doing the research so it's like maybe it would cost if less people are researching and getting heated over stuff that they didn't know was there in the first place, then I don't think the tensions would be as high. Does that make sense? Cause like we're being delivered this message of calamity and chaos. And it's again, it's very watered down. So it's like, we're taking it at face value. It's just exciting our emotions. Well, if people were deciding what was truth and not truth based on their own data and where they want to be advertised at, um, you know, I, I just don't, you know, to your point, not as many people would care to like investigate. And therefore, I don't think there'd be as much uprise because it wouldn't be as like uh, broadcasted all these opinions, you know, like right now, there just seems to be a stronghold on the opinion and it's because it's pushed so heavily. And 
now everybody's got an opinion. Whereas before they didn't give a shit about what they were talking about. You know what I mean? But now it's everyone's problem. It's everyone's opinion. Whereas, and then everyone gets heated up at the same moment because it's very timed. Whereas like if everyone was deciding what was truth and what wasn't, then like probably people wouldn't care, even care what was truth and what wasn't. They just go about their day doing whatever. Yeah. Which again, that can lead to problems as well. I just don't think that the tension would be as like high and, and does that, does that make any sense? Yeah. It's just so spoon fed and packaged and delivered to everyone. And then, and it's designed in a way to excite the most amount of emotions as possible in that little five minute clip. So it's already being done like to excite people. And so it's like, well, why not try something else? Cause obviously this is not working. It's just making everyone pissed off at their neighbors and you say one thing that could come off, you know, as, as the opposite opinion and you're automatically demonized. It's like people are not as simple as right and left. That's not how real life works, but that's what reality is being boiled down to. And I, and I just think it's, it's, that, it's disgusting, honestly. I just yeah, think it's I really gross. It. I really don't People understand aren't people it. anymore. They're, they're either a Democrat or a conservative, and it's like, what the... <laughs> what? It's the... Yeah, that annoying... Um, it used to be, I believe this, this, and this, and it looks like it puts me here, versus I have chosen to be this, therefore here are my opinions that I have taken from this group. <laughs> it's like, why would you even want to do that? I don't... Uh, people so, don't want to think that. Why? It's an easy answer. It's an easy answer, you know. And if everyone agrees with you, then why, so why not? That's nice. Why don't they want to think? Like, what's the like? We I mean, ha- dude, right now we have more time than ever to think compared to like in the eighteen hundreds, where you basically you didn't have time to think. You were trying to not die. <laughs> now we're all very comfortable, uh, despite what well, anybody not, would say. Not all of us. I don't know. It's, we're, we're talking generally, but I, I get your point. I get your point. Yeah. I would take being homeless in California versus living in on the plains in the 1800s <laughs> any day of the week. Just saying. Yeah. But, I mean, the guys here, man, they don't, they, they seem to be living a good life. I'm just saying, like, you got time to think. We got time to discuss. Like, why are we, right. what are we, so, what are we so caught up we got time doing? To drink it, it's so weird. What are we caught up doing? And everybody, all they're doing is watching TV on social media and all this stuff. It, well, so that's because that's, that's what, that, whether you want to call it MK Ultra or what, that seems to be, <laughs> oh, that's like, you know, whether that was the original purpose of all these things or not was to, like, be that tool that gets everyone on board or not i'm not sure but that's what it's at least evolved into so we're at a point in time where and it seems pretty irreversible like that this is just how social media and technology is used for for better or worse this is how people have decided to use it and it's kind of what we're stuck with so i don't like i don't know i mean we're at this point just because that's how it was marketed i guess yeah, you know, and it's, I, it, it's Mark. It was designed to be addictive, so that it, too, it, it's, right? And that's there's and that's not a conspiracy. There, there's research that. Oh yeah, you know they got they pay people probably millions to figure out how do we keep people hooked on our application. Yeah, there was some guy on Joe Rogan talking about that. I can't remember Tristan Harris. That was his name. Was talking about mm. this, and he was, and this is something. So back in the day. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, for example, would you would you would get to the bottom as you scroll. 
and be like, nope, that's it. Oh, now it's just an never-ending. It just ending, goes like, and goes and goes and goes. Cycle. So that's the, that's, you know, that's pretty dirty. Well, and that's another big thing about all of the, this discussion is that, I, you know, again, fact, <laughs> fact check me where, <laughs> however you want, but I think that, um, it's something like 80% of people's news that they consume is through Facebook. So like for them to, you know, be able to decide who gets to talk and who doesn't like, it's more than just being like, Oh, uh, you, you know, you don't get to talk to your friends on Facebook anymore. It's like, you know, and for yeah. someone to say like, I'm moving <laughs> off of Facebook's platform. It's like, well, how many of your accounts on other things are tied to that Facebook account? They're in a very powerful position to control the narrative and again, you know, whether you think it's good that they can do that or not, like, I think it should be at least checked up on a little closer than what it is. And on top of that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain last year, it might even still be ongoing, like Facebook, Google and Twitter and all these companies, they were like helping legislation draft their own, regu- like how they are regulated. Yep. So, so it's like we're at a point where it's not a novel idea, but these tech gurus are just honestly in a place of way more power than any of the legislation. I mean, I'm imagining in these rooms behind closed doors, like the tech guys are telling the legislators what to do, not the legislators keeping them in check. Yeah. And, and they can know, too, because been, it's hilarious watching some of the hearings, how much like well, these senators don't, don't know about. <laughs> Anything about anything. They're like, so MySpace, uh, tell me a little bit about it. He's like, MySpace? (laughs) He's like, I just made an account. Bro, me and my buddy over the weekend were talking about that. We're like, man, what happened to good old Tom, bro? Like, he had like the lowest resolution photo. Like, he was always your friend. And then here comes the Zuck and just Zucked it all up, bro. It's like, what the? Uh, MySpace was cooler, if I'm being honest. Dude, we were talking about... All you yeah, can do man. is poke people on Facebook. Remember? Was, yeah. <laughs> that I, was so the I was thinking back. I was like, honestly, what caused that transition? I'm sure there's been a million you know, analyses done on it, and I'm sure there's a, a really good answer, but it's like, why did people move to Facebook? I remember early days of Facebook. At least as a kid, I was not drawn to it, bro. I was like, okay, it's blue and white. It may have even looked different. It was like, it, it was like less... You know, back then there was like way less on it. Like MySpace, you could have like an animated background with like oh, yeah. stars falling down or the like music a moving picture. Yeah, you got to choose your music for your like your little like space, your space, you know, space. your space. You got to choose like what your theme song was of life. Basically, you could like shoot show off who your friends were and like I, there was just it was so much more interactive. And I remember the the shift from MySpace to Facebook was when I was probably in man seventh grade or so maybe even younger and i just remember thinking like why is everyone going to facebook like it's not as fun so i'm sure there was something more grown up on there that people were tuned into but at the time i just did not get it i was like dude i loved i loved myspace man so cool is it still up I haven't to my to knowledge, they like purged it basically. Like uh, they went through a purge of just deleting all like inactive accounts, and so there's. Oh, but is it, is it still there though? Like the website? I, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I I know it's gone under different ownership. Different companies try to do different things with it, so it's probably not even recognizable if it's still there. All right, MySpace.com/slash Do You Believe Podcast. It'll be there <laughs> up tonight. <laughs> Check us out. <laughs> Watch it before it gets censored on MySpace, guys. I just had like a, so I had a thought of like, we almost have to, 
um, try and engage in discussions and debates in a non-antagonistic way just to get conversations going again. And I had an idea of... I remember it's this funny thing where it's like everybody goes to dinner, everybody puts their phone in the middle, and then whoever picks up their phone has to pay for everybody. Pay the bill. Yeah. Just do the same thing, but the first person to raise their voice (laughs) has to pay for dinner, (laughs) right? About what decibel? You need to have like a measurement with decibel. Just have a talk to a... What's that? There's like a workout place that has like a a noise system that if you grunt too loud, it makes a warning sound. I think it's Planet Fitness. I think I've it's playing never heard of it. <laughs> It's called the. Somebody told me about this, and I thought they were joking, but it's called the Lunk Alarm, I guess. Dude. And it's supposed to. Planet Fitness is supposed to be. If it's not Planet Fitness, I'm sorry, but I think it's Planet Fitness. That their whole idea is that we don't have like macho gym bullies here. It's it's a safe space to come work out, right? So you're not allowed what? to, because you know it, when you go to gym, sometimes there's people that are pretty. It's like intimidating. You know, yeah, it can you be know? intimidating. You go to so, LA Fitness, everyone's yoked and just juiced up. Yeah, I get it. So but. it's just to prevent people from being obnoxious, essentially, because some people are scared of that. Um, but yeah, That's censorship. Get talk to them. They have <laughs> that. Get that sensor system. Put it on the middle of the table, and then if you're talking too All loud. You're but out. Man, people like me, I'm, I'm like naturally loud, dude. I don't and, know. And you can fair. discuss the rules, guys. Like passionate, <laughs> passionate is okay, but angry is not okay. And that's the thing. There should be no anger in these types of discussions. There really should. You know, I feel like I feel like a way that you could maybe mitigate the emotion backing backing any debate is like put people behind wall, like <laughs> behind a, a, a wall that you so you can't see them. All you hear is their voice. You know what I mean? I wonder if, if debates would be different. Like you can't see the person, you can't see their facial expression. All you can do is hear their voice. And when you, and then like, I wonder if the discussion would go differently. Well, uh, hmm. it's interesting. You know, I don't know. Instance, I, like I'd be sitting there talking if they see, if they saw me, I mean, they could definitely deduce this from my voice, but they see me and they're like, Oh, you're a white male. I'm autom- automatically pissed. At you. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. damn it, dude, I'm losing right now. But <laughs> I see what you mean. I, I was maybe, yeah, I'd be able to tell anyways. But. I was following along the like the idea that when you're presented with an actual human being, you behave differently. For the most part, there are exceptions. Versus what? on the internet, you know. Oh, I, I guess I guess yeah. My point is already taken. It's like we've already experimented with just voice and no no but you are right that there is but that doesn't is, go very well with the internet yeah, there's situations <laughs> but if you're like in their presence and then you can't see them that might be different you might not be as apt to like verbally strike at them and then also not see i don't know, I don't know well here's whatever. the one thing Talk see that's that's the problem there why would you want to verbally strike at somebody that's that's what's that's the problem well, uh, I, w- I would say it's better to verbally strike because honestly, verbally striking someone takes, in my mind, it takes a lot of intelligence to say something that's witty and also like drives the point home or like attacks in like, if you can attack someone verbally in like a sophisticated manner, I think it's very intellectual rather than obviously like fist fighting or something be like, oh, I'm bigger than you. I can beat you up. But like to come up with like an insult <laughs> off but, the tongue dude i yes, think it's very hard uh, yeah but you it's not reverse it's, curse words and you're dumbass and this and that but that doesn't hold as much weight as like a sophisticated thought out insult right. i love those things <laughs> but it is not beneficial to a civil discussion got it okay i get what you're saying, <laughs> <what> I'm saying. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, well, nobody should be. But it puts them on a high ground. That's what you got to realize. Like, I think in anyone's head, especially if they're caught up in the moment and they make you, they belittle you with their words or paint you as something that's, that everyone hates, then like, um, that is a power move. You automatically get the high ground because you make that person look worse than they may actually be. So then people are automatically going to think you're more bona fide than them. I think that's probably the logic behind it, but I, yeah, I think that's the psychology behind it, but I, I think, I don't know how you would fix this, but like, that's a huge, like, like a turnoff for me. If I'm watching a debate, if somebody's doing something like that, it's like, okay, when they, like I, straight, just the facts and like, no, dude, when, they, yeah, like, when they, when they go on, for attack or they go for witty puns and attacks and insults, like that is like, I'm out, like whatever you're trying to say, I'm out. Like, I, I, I want to hear discussion. I want to hear points made. I don't want to hear how awesome or clever you think you are. Like, I don't care about that. There's a way, eh, I don't know. There, there's a way to do it. I get what you're saying. Like the central focus shouldn't be on insults. I think there's a place for insults and, and that sort of thing and verbal attacks. I think there's definitely a place for it, but I think it's it's too emphasized. Where's the and place then, for it other than a celebrity roast? I don't know, man. You can. So what situation would arise where you need to verbally attack somebody? Maybe we have different definitions uh, i don't know i mean i guess what i'm saying is like if you're trying to rebuttal a debate and it's your turn to talk after someone who you're the you know the opposing side just talked it might be in the right place to like before you go into your point say like oh i man I, i'm not gonna be able to think of something because like i said i'm not <laughs> smart but like you know it might be in place to be like well i appreciate what my opponent said but like blah 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 you could come up with like a witty thing to like debase what they said and then go into your facts yeah, but you know, I, I, I mean, think using that, like it's it kind of like entertaining, entertaining and conversational while also laying out the facts. And entertaining. Honestly, but dude, I mean, here's the thing, too. You know, I think it's important, especially people in power, to see how they are under pressure. So if you do attack them verbally, it puts them in an uncomfortable place and it allows you to see how do they react to that. See, but Can then they, it's a psychological game, like. But that that is but that is part of debates, and that you, is you part throw of me in a debate, so like, and I'll like. I'll like a live debate, for example, I'm going to stutter and whatnot because I am not a public speaker, but that does not mean that I don't know what I'm talking about. That's the, that's, a, that's a disconnect. That's like one huge disconnect when it comes to debates is people think that well-spoken, preferably British accent people know what they're talking about. Right, right, Just right. by the way they talk and they will nod their head and they'll go with it because it's like a psychological game. But it, you got to, you got to listen to the words and ignore everything else. And that's why I, that's why I say like I don't like it when people do that because it's trying to manipulate the audience. It's it's not it's not the strength of your argument at all. It's it just, doesn't add to the argument or like bonify your point of view any more than than not saying anything. I I I, I do get what you're saying. I enjoy a little bit of banter back and forth every once in a while in a debate. It keeps it a little bit lively. But they're, like, I agree with what you're saying. Like, that should not. I, I, I do think it shouldn't be the central focus. Like, right. It and, should and, be more like objective than it is. Like, well, you have a big nose or something. Not. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying in general. Like, if you're like, oh, your eyes are weird looking. It's like, what? Like that? How does that strengthen your argument? You yeah, know, I, I get what you're saying. And I but, think you're. It does. Like, now watching debates where you are doing that and it's supposed to be for entertainment. That's fine. 
And I think okay. it depends on the subject you're debating too. Uh, but if it's like presidential, it's like don't don't do the name calling. Just like if stick. you're if we're debating censorship, I want legitimate argument, logic, and reasoning of why we need, why we don't need, with no manipulation of the audience through your power of speech, your charisma stat. You know, I don't want that. Well, all so, I can say is good luck, man, because I know. good luck finding that because it's it, it's entertaining and entertainment and it, it you know at the end of the day and and that that excitement and arousal uh, captures views. So, man, they'll be talking shit all day. Yeah, so and I, never get to the point. But at least I think in maybe the problem is um, actually having like live debates with an audience. Because another part, the crowd manipulates the opinions of others in the crowd, too. So if some guy makes a clever pun and makes a just some sort of logical fallacy that's obvious, but like he says it so well and everybody like starts cheering and clapping, a lot of people are going to be swayed by that, too. Even though what he made made no sense. Right. So it's the live audience too which i guess if there's a live audience is probably for entertainment to some extent so maybe it doesn't matter but if there's going to be a debate between two people on a serious subject it really should just be the two of them maybe a moderator just to keep things but no no audience because there's no reason to have an audience your ideas for that person's idea so i don't know but like I, i that's I guess I, I want those conversations to go that way when I have them with people I know, like in person, like with like parents or family members. It needs to be more just calm and succinct. And also, like, you have to balance trying to convince somebody or explain your position while at the same time understanding theirs. And I, I don't think people do that, that they should. Yeah, the level of like trying to sympathize with the other side, not sympathize, but the idea of trying to understand the point of view that other people Yeah, because they're a person too. From is, they yeah. think, and this is one thing, like, it, just don't be arrogant. Like, you could be wrong, um, even if they're less educated than you or something like that. Like, it, it's listen to them, follow their logic, because then you can pick up on, oh, this is where, like, you kind of messed up. We, this what is about this? Split, yeah. you know? And you can also, if you listen to the other side, you can even, you know, become a better debater because you understand their point of view better. So if you like still firmly agree with what you think, then like you can rebuttal more and more things if you just listen, you know? Yeah. And I don't remember where I read this, but there, there was some professor somewhere that had a debate class and maybe it was in high school or something. But basically he was a super strict te- professor or teacher that said, you cannot debate your side of the issue until you completely understand the other side of the issue and what they're trying to say. Then you can debate. Hmm. Because nothing happens if it's just me saying, I think this, 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 and the other person goes, I think this, 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 then the, it just turns into a mess, you know? Versus, I think this, what do you think about this? This is my logical to get arrive at this point. How do you differ in arriving at a different point? Like, what am I but missing? Then, yeah, no, that's that's all good and all. But then if there's if it's a topic that there really shouldn't be an opinion, like, you know, if it's a subject that is um, of characteristics that are immutable or something, then that's where you can't really have an argument. Um, you there know, there's certain topics that, that really I mean, no, there's not. And I think for the most part, people agree that 
there's shit out there that's just wrong and that we shouldn't do it. But like, I'm, what I'm trying to say is when, you know, the powers that be kind of microscope in on something like that, then there just isn't room for debate. Do you see what I'm saying? And that seems to be the more, more or less like the things that are pushed are things that really aren't debatable, but then it gets turned into a debate somehow. Um, I think in that situation, a lot of times it's people think that there is no debate, but there is. They're just not willing to look at it because uh, like, I can't think of anything offhand that's like not debatable outside of like, you know, math and hard science. Like, and I, well, am I, I like what? Like what? I think I, I'm, I'm being I'm being too. Uh, being too vague i guess specifically i'm talking about you know like 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 racism you know it's like everyone agrees racism's wrong and i don't think and guys this is coming from a white dude so obviously i i have a white perspective but what i'm saying is like it's i see classism that has been sprouted from racial tensions as far as being racist like as you know as people debating whether racism is justified or not i would say i think most of this country agrees racism is wrong but what i'm saying is once you put that into light like if you just say a fact of like hey this country's racist then like that's something that that you can't debate because it it just is wrong like it's it's wrong to be racist so when you make that the argument though like okay is this country racist or not like there's i don't know everyone would say no like we should like i'm not racist but then like how somehow if on an individual level if everyone says i'm not racist but then the country could still be racist like because there's a narrative being pushed that it is racist like how do you argue that do you get what i'm saying it's like i don't really think the majority of this country is racist as as individuals so like but then it's like we keep hearing that this country is the most racist country so it's like ah Oh, uh, how do so you debate something that most people don't really think is like because they're playing not, this is like another like, tr- kind of trick where um instead of addressing individuals you create this group that can't be defined that like you can't interact with so in this example america you can call it whatever you want like because it's not a real thing like we all make it up but it itself is not a thing it's kind of confusing. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. What I'm trying to, what I'm just trying to get at is like when you're saying like there shouldn't be as much emotions and insults charging a debate. What I'm trying, all I'm trying to get at is like if you have a topic that really isn't debatable, like there's a clear answer to it. If you make that the argument, like if you make that topic the argument, but there's like really one right answer, and most people like say yeah, that's the right answer, but then you make it not, like. If you put, if you, I don't know, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. I, it's like, it's like, yes, you shouldn't debate with emotions, but once, but it's like whoever's like kind of like spawning these debates in the first place, if they're putting out debates out there that really are not debatable in the first place, then like that is going to cause divisiveness and it's going to cause emotional charge. Well, Do you get what I'm saying? So now it's like, they, you can't really talk about it logically because it's something that hits so close to home for some people but and that it's like will what be, defines that. That literally. will be exposed in an actual debate though. If you're mm-hmm. having debates where somebody's got a YouTube channel and they debate other YouTubers in the form that they just put out a video responding to another video. Yes, like that's going to that's not going to that's going to cause problems like you say and cause divisiveness. But having a reasonable you can have a debate with somebody that has 
that there is one answer. But it, it, what you're going to do is understand how they're thinking. And you will be able to easily pick apart, like, the logic just by Got asking it. questions. And that's – because that's why I don't like the argument that people say um, – um, I'm not going to debate that person because if I do, it gives them credibility. That's the, oh my gosh, that's the that's... dumbest logic I've ever heard. Bring them in and just start asking questions. And you you don't even you don't have to insult them or anything. You just have to ask them questions and watch them flounder because they can't answer them because they're based on something that's a proven fact already. And they're it's just what are they arguing? And typically, those people will dodge debates. So. Um, if you find somebody that's not willing to debate, I mean, it's hard because, like, I'm not willing to debate anyone because I'm not good at talking. If it was just, like, me one-on-one, -on -one maybe, with somebody. But, like, I'm just saying. Most people that dodge debates that are very loud people, um, they don't, don't, actually don't, don't listen to them. Don't yeah, listen to them. They, they don't understand what they're saying. They're just or like it's when just people are like, points. if you don't believe, if you don't agree with this thing, then like delete me from my face from Facebook. It's like, okay, cool, like <laughs> happily. Like, <laughs> like I don't even I don't even talk to you anymore. So like I'm, I haven't talked to you for ten years. So yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. <laughs> Thin out the herd. I'm like what? <laughs> I love when people do that. It's like oh, as as if you're so important that I care if you're not my Facebook friend. <laughs> Narcissism, oh, man. It's rampant also that's uh that's my issue i have with social media is everybody's a narcissist they, they think your opinion you you think that your opinion is so great you should share it with the world that well, you think a that professional you're... on the internet that's <laughs> that what i too. think is annoying it's just, i don't know everyone's a professional and they got nothing to back them up i mean it's you know it's just funny but yeah <sighs> all right we can land this discussion of censorship and debate which could if everybody starts engaging in reasonable conversations with the people they know perhaps we can uh turn the ship around a little bit um and then yeah guys at the end of the day we're all people just you know and that's the other thing you, make, it, make everybody people first before their politics that's like that's yeah, kind of always I think, I think yeah that's the part that's missing is just you can be you can be a full-on communist and i still love you <laughs> and i'll still be your friend um but yeah it's that's what i don't get i don't know i don't get the hate people are people first not democrat or conservative so they're just like you and me they're just trying, just trying to get through the world you know they're trying to figure things out or not figure things out and they're just busy doing other things so yeah i mean there probably is a point with certain people where you could be like yeah i've tried debating them and i just i'm not willing to talk to them because they that might that might be justified like yeah i've tried talking to them they're total idiots i can't get through to them like i'm, I'm done that, but if you don't try it first it's like you know what grounds do you have to stand on? You yeah, don't really understand. I've done that with some people where it's just like, I'll sit and try and have a discussion or a debate with them. And if it goes nowhere and they're not interested and they just want to stick to what they've been told and not think about it and just go about their day. Okay. We're just don't bring the topic up anymore. That's it. But you can still be friends with them <laughs> <laughs> because they're good people. Like people, people are first, good right? people. I just, I don't, I don't know. 
there, there's some bad yes, people, sir. but <laughs> there are <laughs> not everyone's good, but but yeah, give the, them a chance, man. Most people of the people that politics. you, th- yeah, people you think are politically in the wrong, um, they're just they're good people, just like you. They just think things could be accomplished a different way than you, and that's it. So, yeah, with that, spread that word, and maybe uh, maybe we can get some uh, some peace going on. So, with that, <gasps> peace. DYB podcast at gmail.com, baby. Thank you.